Welcome back to another episode of a podcast written by a software engineer. I'm your host, Perry, and I've got the absolute pleasure to have William Swanell with me. How are you, Will? Yeah, I'm doing great. How are you, Perry? Yeah, I'm doing really good. Happy Friday. Cheers to you. Yeah, cheers. And uh, really, just honestly, thank you for being on the show because I know you have such a busy, busy, busy schedule. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's an absolute pleasure. Oh, that's great. And um, so for the people who don't know, um, I work at Hardspace and Will is the co-founder and CEO of Hardspace. So absolute honor to be able to chat to you. But I mean, you, um, you, you, you do sit opposite me. At yeah. work. <laughs> like we, like we, do, we do chat. I know. Yeah, this is like one extra hour of any other day. Anyways. More, more the merrier. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the great thing is that um, you weren't always a founder and CEO of something. So I think for today, I think people would be slightly interested in to know how you got to that point. Did you decide to even get to that point? And then we could just uh, see how that goes. So I guess like for the people who don't know Will, do you want to just give us a brief description of who you are and I guess what you do? Uh, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's quite a broad question, but you know, good, good, good place to start. Yeah. Well, we um, even started like, I guess, during high school, from high school, what was your background and then... Um... Uh, so uh, yeah, I've, um, I mean, yeah, sort of spent... Uh, well, like, always lived in, uh, always lived in London. Um, grew up in uh, in Balham, uh, on the on the Northern Line in in South London. Um, spent my uh, my teenage years living in Pimlico, so more more central. Um, and then live live up in up in North London now. Uh, I had a, a sort of yeah slightly slightly patchwork career doing doing a few different things uh, before starting Higher Space, which is now seven years ago. That's um, a, that's I know that's a, it's a long time. It's a long time, uh, and uh, yeah, since 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 then, been uh, yeah, been, been working hard uh, building the business. That's so good because um, so for the people who don't know, I moved to London thanks to her, thanks to Will mostly. I remember we even started talking without me being into the country to begin with. So I guess the story kind of went like. I reached out to you and then I think maybe like a week later you just came back and you were like, I really like your website. I was like, whoa, like just the emphatic attitude that really just caught me in and then we just kind of spoke from there and then next thing you know, uh, the crucial words you told me were, do you want to move to London? And I was like, yeah, man, why not at that point? So it kind of really snowballed from that point. So, but even just like, you know, as you're saying, sitting next to you over the years, I definitely got to know you much better and I'm so happy that we get to like talk about how that goes. Um, so I guess like when we were talking about like just study wise, what was your background in? Uh, so um, I yes, I like studied um, studied theoretical physics at, at university. Um, so not that related to the events industry. It's not, it's not the not, not not the most well trodden path. Um, uh, it was uh, yeah, it was uh, it was it was good fun. I mean, to, to tell the complete truth, I, I chose it. Right, in fact, I. At uni, I, I transferred courses in the uh, like in the first six months because uh, so I realised if you did theoretical physics and not physics, then you could skip lectures, which were at nine o'clock in the morning, three days a week, uh, and you know being in a was inevitably a dark room, um, uh, taking measurement after measurement on some optic thing didn't didn't, didn't really appeal to me, so I switched to switched to that, and it was uh, yeah, it was great, 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 great fun. Uh, studied in London, uh, so I got to kind of you know live live London as a as a student. Yeah, which which uni was this at actually? Uh, this was at uh, Imperial. At Imperial, that's pretty yeah. cool because I do have like well, I do know people who go there. I guess nowadays, which is maybe a couple of years later, but the mindset of being able a couple of years, just a handful of years. But even just the mindset of nowadays, like just adjusting your course and be like, maybe I could skip these kind of classes. You didn't have any like recordings back then, did you? As in like nowadays, if when I when I went to uni maybe like three years ago, 
everything was recorded. So I'd be sitting at home, you could just play all of it. Uh, no, we, we, we didn't have recordings, but we had one of my really good friends, uh, uh, Hannah, who, uh, who was, she took the best notes in the world ever. Oh, she was known for it. She, she, like, she took the best notes. They were, they, they, they were, like, they were so, so good. Um, like, e- even for the lectures that I went to, and like, I try and take like, amazing notes, hers was, like, hers was just better. So um, she, she was kind of the equivalent of, uh, like, of watching, the, watching the lecture afterwards. Yeah, so just borrow the notes, and it would be it would be like you were there. Oh, that's so good. So in terms of like the system-wise kind of thing, so you just kind of rely on her having like the notes ready, and then I, I'd have without a doubt completely failed my undergrad without without her. No man, shout out to Hannah. I've never met her, but shout out to her at that point. And then, so how did that lifestyle kind of work? Like, so you would just I guess go to class. Did you do anything like on the side, like in terms of clubs or anything? Or uh, yeah, I was um, uh, yeah, I played football for Imperial. Of course, you're like one of the biggest football fans I know. How could I? How could I? Uh, yes, I played football fan. I played football for Imperial. I was um, uh, a key member of the uh, the Imperial seventh eleven. So um, not not the highest level of football, <laughs> um, but uh, but it's like still football football nonetheless. Yeah, I was gonna say. So in terms of like just fan base at that point, did you have like a massive fan club then? Back then, or was it just like just casual? Or? Well, the, like the, so the, 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 yeah, there were, there were seven teams playing for Imperial and the, the sevens were obviously the worst. Yeah. But it was like, it was almost, okay. the, it, they're also the most fun so that, you know, you'd be, you'd be kind of, you know, like the, like the first and probably last, last team at the bar, yeah. the team who probably did the least training. Well, I mean, like, it's just a relative number anyway. But like, it, 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 yeah. yeah. If there was going to be an eighth team, somebody else was going to be the eighth, you know? So. Uh, yeah, I, I, I wasn't very good. And the sevenths weren't, yeah, weren't very good. But, yeah, I had, had, had loads of fun. Yeah, but I think that's so important, though. Even if you're not good at something, you still manage to do it. Like, I played loads of lacrosse during uni and during high school at that point. I wasn't good at it, but it's just being, you know, being out there and participating and everything. So, do you think that, that's, like, that should be essential for, like, a curriculum? Because I do know some uni, for example... In your actual course load, they kind of force you to have like a gym class at uni. I know some uni does it. Do you think that's like relevant or it's just completely? Uh, no, I, I, think it's, I think it's really important. I mean, I, I, don't see, I don't see how it's any different to, like, to when you're at school and you, you know, like you need to, to you know, like to, to do some, some sort of sport there. Like it's, it's so important later in life. Like if you're, if you're, like if you're trying, to, you know, trying, to, trying to do something and sort of stay balanced, like, you know, like having, having regular exercise just built built in like makes such a difference yeah it is i mean like if you're like i know, I know there's um yeah I know, there's, I know there's some people who who like who really don't um you know, don't don't enjoy sport and you know have really like bad experiences at school you know, i don't know if i'm gonna force it but i mean yeah like I, the staying only active is great that's the thing the only reason i mentioned is that you on top of being so busy with obviously looking over higher space and doing all your usual responsibilities, but you fit in so much physical activity in between. So you do boxing, you run, you go to as many boot, like boot camp classes as you can. And actually you also have a charity boxing coming up. So that's amazing. We're definitely gonna dive into that at that point. But I think just even mentioning that even back then in the mindset of just being a uni student and having this um, full workload of going to class, but also taking the time to play football on the side and everything, it kind of still reflects yeah, what well, you do today. Yeah, I, I, I was in the cross-country team as well. Again, not the actual cross-country team, like the second cross-country team. <laughs> I was pretty much the worst person in the club. But yeah, I did, did that as well. I ran the, um, ran the London Marathon in my last year at uni. 
Oh wow. Okay. Um, How did that go? Did you did you finish it? Were you were you happy with yourself? Yeah, I, I yeah, managed to finish it. Uh, didn't didn't stop. Didn't didn't walk. Um, oh, it was it was uh yeah it was pretty like it, it was pretty good. Yeah, the fighting spirit was there. I mean, you've always had the fighting spirit anyway, so I had no doubts about that. Um, so yeah, that's pretty cool then. So like that was uh, that was at Imperial College. You did loads of theoretical physics. Um, so I'm guessing that you graduated with the theoretical physics and you didn't switch a second time in between that span of degree, did you? Uh, no, just yeah, like f- finished the yeah the physics degree and then uh, then went and studied finance afterwards because. I think, like at the at the time, it was, it, you know, like the the sort of like the the tech scene was like it was still very like very kind of early on. Um, I mean, you know, like I we, we only got like we only got Facebook like in the last two weeks of of uni, which shows uh yeah shows how old I am. Um, Whoa, you told me you went through uni without Facebook. With, with, yeah, I know, crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so like if if you were if you were good at numbers, you went into the city and did did finance. It was just it was just like the path that was that was there. So I went and um, yeah went and studied a, a, a master's in finance. So that's that's actually really. I mean, even studying to this point, it gets like even more interesting because your background is all theoretical physics, and then you go into finance. Um, when we're talking about transferable skills, in terms of what were the requirements when they asked you to, I guess when you tried to apply for it, did you did they require a specific I guess class or anything, or was it just more general knowledge? And then, uh, so it, like it, it was, a, it was a course that you know like took people from different disciplines. Like no, like no one had a finance background. Okay. And so be people from like studied maths or physics or economics, but but like like generally fairly fairly kind of numbery courses. It was actually like a really weird application process. Like there wasn't even any interview or anything. You just kind of sent off a form, sent off your grades, and like God knows how I got in. But okay. Ah, that's really interesting because I do feel like there might be some people in that position nowadays where they're, I mean, they just finished uni and they're kind of deciding if they want to keep on doing a master's or they just want to, I guess, as you're saying, if you're good at numbers, go straight into the city and do that. Yeah. Uh, so I guess from their point of view is should they, should they try it, I guess, or should they see if they get accepted or? Uh, I mean, I, I, like doing another year as a student was, was like, was really, really fun. Uh, and yeah, it was kind of like the sort of, like, ridiculous tuition fees yeah so I, I think, mean I think, I think like the entire masters was like a grand wait 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 in, so ridiculous in terms of like ridiculously cheap ridiculously cheap point. well yeah I mean, like you, you can pay yeah like I thought, I thought, many I thought, many many times that for, for masters now yeah I was gonna say because I thought my whole like impression of getting a masters nowadays is that you're still paying over what like 10 grand pounds a year or something and then you tell me it's less than a grand to do it I'm quite shocked I mean knowing the UK maybe it's like a little bit different but I, I'm just, I'm just so, I'm just so old that yeah. <laughs> stuff is a bit different then. All right, we're gonna stop that into that topic at that point. Um, oh yeah, sorry, where was this at, by the way? Uh, that was uh, uh, the the Judge Business School at Cambridge. Okay, so it was one of the department at Cambridge at, Cambridge, at that yeah. point. Yeah. So I don't know if it's an ignorant question, but does Cambridge have every single department? Do they have like health department? A finance, well, finance, a business school, and then uh, I guess education department. Do they have like? Because when I went to McGill, for example, yeah. they had every department: engineering, education. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's all sorts. I guess the stuff that it's the stuff that it's really good at. Okay. Um, I think the uh, yeah, kind of like natural sciences and and maths and stuff. It's yeah, like really, really good at. 
Uh, but I mean, yeah, that, that, that allows everyone, which, which, yeah, which, make, which, makes, which makes it kind of yeah, like interesting to be at, like all, all sorts of people. Well, I mean, yeah, because everybody hears about it and in terms of actually being there. I think, I think from an outsider's point of view, like a lot of us share it, but I guess from your insider point of view, what was the thing that was the most, I guess, in your first week, the most shocking, but also the most like, oh, well, it's just like everything else at the end? Uh, I think my first week... Uh... I mean, yeah, I mean, because I think, like, from well, my point of view, is that, like, Cambridge has always been very, lo- like, prestigious and looked up to, you know what I mean? In terms of, like, even just the, like, when you were saying the admission process was quite straightforward, I was like, uh-huh. Well, no, so, I mean, it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was straightforward that time. I mean, like, like, going as undergraduate, I tried to get in and I failed. So, like, so obviously, not, obviously not that straightforward. Um, I think, yeah, I think, when, like, a lot of people go... Uh, I mean, it's because it, like all the buildings are like are so old. It's just quite you know you're, you're kind of going back in time, and it's a bit kind of weird and intimidating. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, like I was like fortunate enough that like my school was a little bit like that, so I didn't find that bit that bit so weird. Um, I guess I mean, yeah, like, like just like like a lot of the kind of weird weird traditions, um, the, like the secret drinking societies. They were yeah, they, 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 they were yeah something I like yeah hadn't hadn't really expected. Okay, so was that unique to just Cambridge, I guess? And then there was uh, just... I think I think there were there were a lot of, lot of other universities as well, but it, like it wasn't something that we had at wasn't something we had at Imperial. Okay, so I guess it's more like realistic life skills that you meet there, because <laughs> I mean, like, no, you definitely have a lot of like secret drinking society, anyways, out here. So, um, and did you manage to also keep up with the football during then? Uh, I did, yeah. Oh, there um, you go. Uh, I did, yeah. We won the uh, the the graduate. Uh, league Cup. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, I, I didn't even study here, so I have no idea how the system works or anything. But congratulations! It's, 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 like, it's like, like it's like the equivalent of winning, yeah, like, of winning the League Cup. It was like the kind of like the second tier trophy and not the league. Yeah, and in terms of like just making connections, I guess was it just mates that you knew before forming the team, or was it just you so, signed so, up so, so, so like, like it was just like people in your college, um. And like because it was a graduate team, and there were you know there's not many graduates in each college. Like we kind of struggled to get an eleven together, which is how I managed to actually get on the field. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that, yeah, it was really uh, yeah, it was, that, that, that was that, that was really good fun, good fun as well. Yeah, because it does make sense that like because I know like you have Harvard's and all these like Ivy League schools. They they put so much pride in their rowing teams, and they put so much pride in their like. Other sports. I mean, this, the, 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 this was not that. This was like very, very, like very low level. Yeah. But it was, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was great. But if we talk about the first team then and everything, do they put that much importance? Does everybody know that like this team is going to play this weekend and everybody shows up, or was it just not as? It's, it's, it's not really like college sports in uh, like in, like in North America. Yeah. I mean, you know, like if, if you're on a team like that, that's kind of cool. But it's it's not quite the same. I guess you, you get maybe a couple of big matches each year. But okay. Like rivalry, I guess. Yeah, so, yeah, so, so like, yeah, like Oxford and Cambridge will, will play each other uh, like in a varsity match or, some, or something. Um, but like aside from that, it's, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's, it's not the same as, as, as college sports. Oh, that's pretty cool. Because I mean, like, I, I rarely talk about this to begin with in terms of like, how does sport work in, the, work in the UK? But I mean, there's also loads of different clubs that you get quite competitive with. You get the chance to do like, I guess, one of the things that we had was like debate, debate clubs between uni, I guess. Was that still like a trend in the UK when uh, you I went ca- to uni? I, like, looking back, I, I kind of wish that I'd done something like that, something like a bit more cerebral, but... Uh, I mean, I, you turned out fine. I, <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, debatable. But no, I, um, 
uh yeah never, never, never joined joined in, in with that although yeah i can't, 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 kind of wish that i had yeah i mean i'm the one talk i haven't really done any of it well, i mostly played sports most of the time so i didn't really join the um social clubs i think i think as they call it kind of thing but i guess like i do i do see the appeal because a lot of people really get loads of like good skills out of it some of them will have like a public speaking club kind of thing yeah I, I, yeah and I, I really wish i'd done it but no, i spent, spent more time just being just like yeah. just like young and stupid and just just like having fun and young and stupid living well free but also like i think even just today's scenario kind of thing you do get a lot of opportunities to have like public speaking and even just talking to like an audience kind of thing so instead of having these this specific way of doing it of these clubs you just managed to like practice and well i, I, I guess i spent you know i did it four or five times a day in front of a, a class of class of kids for for two years yeah, that's true, because you were a teacher at some point. Oh, let's help you dive into that. So you had this whole thing at um, Cambridge for a while, and then you graduated with your degree in finance. Um, what, what then? You, you have a master's, master's degree in finance, and then... So then, obviously, you go, into the, you go into the city and do finance, and I think there were maybe like, yeah, 42 people on the course, and 41 of them did exactly that. Um, but, <laughs> was that one guy who did? But there, was, there was one guy who didn't. Uh, yeah, it was me. So I... I'd, I'd, I'd gone to a career fair and um, basically some guy just, just literally grabbed me who, like from a program called Teach First where they like, take graduates and you know, like put, them, um, yeah, just, like, put them kind of you know, straight into schools and kind of you know, throw them in at the deep end. And uh, I had chatted to him for, for, for a bit and like, I thought, you know, like, I guess like, it's not something I really thought about before, but it, like, it, like, he, like, he, was, he was quite engaging and it just seemed, you know, I was like, fine, okay, I'm going to apply, go for the interview. Um, and they went for the interview, and I, everyone was just really nice. Like, <laughs> everyone, just, like everyone was just like actually like re- like a really nice person, and just the sort of person you want to hang out with. Because you, like, if you're if you're a graduate and you you want to become a teacher, uh, like like you're not going to be a basically like you're not going to be a dick. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, you know, it's like a it's like a reasonably sort of um, it's like reasonably kind of socially minded thing to do. And, um, you know, you've got to enjoy, like, helping people. And I, I just, I just, I found that, like, compared to the, you know, the sort of, the more kind of, like, cutthroat city jobs that, that I, I was applying to, just, like, when you went to, to the interview days and the assessment centres and all of that, like, everyone was just, like, everyone was just well, really lovely. Yeah, you just got, yeah, exactly. Uh, like and so I thought, like, actually, I, I, yeah, like, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to, like, yeah, going to apply to do this. And then that is, that is actually a really good um, way to look at it. Because like, even when you mentioned like, out of the 42 people, you had one person, which is you, <laughs> that ended up just looking, just really having a step back and just looking at the big, big, like, the big picture of what's happening at the moment. And I feel like a lot of times, like, a lot of people go through the same thing. So when I graduated uni, I was kind of like, what do I do now? And it's a very shared sentiment. And then fortunately, as you got reached out with Teach First, Teach First sorry, which is still ongoing at the moment. It's still an organization. Yeah, it's huge. It's, it's huge now. It's, it's 10 times the size it was um, oh than, than when I was doing it. Oh, you're one of the OGs back then. That's what, <laughs> that's what it was. Um, so yeah, so that's really how they really got to see a bit of your background, seeing what you do. And then that's how you got your first job, I guess. I mean, that, 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 was, yeah, that, that, that was my first job. I was a, a maths and economics teacher at Paddington Academy. That's pretty cool. And then, like, even at, at that moment, did you ever have the thought of, like, 
becoming a teacher and then like slowly getting all the way to like becoming a professor at like a uni or something or was it just like I'm going to see how this kind of starts? I, th- I, th- I thought I'd just see how it goes like I'd, I'd never done it I never really th- thought about doing it um, but you know like, like I, I, enjoy, I enjoy enjoy helping people enjoy like, I enjoyed the people I was work, working with and like, some of the kids were amazing and, you know, so, so I did it for, did it for two years um, but yeah I, 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 I guess I never had huge ambitions to kind of you know, like become a kind of professor or, or head teacher or, or, or whatever. Yeah, which is, I guess, which is still relatable because a lot of people, when they come out, they'll be like, I'll try this first and see how it goes at that point. Yeah. Um, just to put this clear, though, kind of thing, you didn't, you didn't do any education in terms of, like, getting, getting a certification of being a teacher. So, I'm... Well, no, so, so they, they, they gave you six weeks training in the summer. Okay. <laughs> um, and then that was it. And then you just get... Tossed into the deep end. Like thrown in. Because the only, the only reason why I'm saying this is in comparison, for example, I know in Canada, a lot of the degrees is like, uh, there are three years degrees in uni just for education. Yeah. Which so it's, like, so it's the same here. But then I, I, it's, like, I, it's like a kind of fast track sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, like, you know, as, as teacher, as grown up as an organization, like those six weeks, I think, have become like more, kind of like more intense and you know, that have improved, improved every year. And they're, they're, they're actually really good when, when I was doing it. Like you did... I mean, there's only so much you can learn in six weeks. But you took took on a lot, but also you know you you throw. I think in my year it was like 200 kind of fresh uni graduates on into a. It happened down in um, uh, like Canterbury University. So you basically all moved down there for six weeks. Okay, like a boot kind of camp. Boot camp, and you know you, you kind of like you throw 200 300 graduates together on a university campus, and so like it had it had a feel of freshers' week. Okay, so, so you just graduated uni and the first thing you get into is another freshers week after that. Yeah, but we, uh, I mean, yeah, like you took a lot on, but then a bit equally, it's like, you, you can't really learn anything in six weeks. Yeah. Uh, and then you're just, like you're, th- like you're thrown in there. Yeah, what, what, kind of, what kind of, what age group were you dealing with when, the, when you first started? Uh, secondary, so 11 till 18. Well, oh. some, some kids are a bit older, they were taking slightly longer courses. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, that's brutal on you because that's the age between they really start thinking. That's the age where they really come to realization. Well, that's yeah, that, it's, it's also inclu- includes the age where they like they, they just go absolutely mad for a year or so. Yeah, <laughs> which year? I mean, for any, well, any, so, yeah, any like, 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 yeah, like the like the like the yeah the girls it would be I don't know like yeah twelve thirteen fourteen for the guys it would be like fourteen fifteen sixteen yeah and they just it doesn't like, stop they, does they, it? they 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 just. They just, just go mad for a year. Yeah. Um, what I'm interested in is the actual process. So were you responsible of like getting the programming and everything? Were you responsible of like making sure that uh, you stick to a curriculum, or was a curriculum given to you, or how does that? Uh, you got given a you're given like a scheme of work, so just like an outline of the lessons that you should be teaching. Okay, is that a government mm. thing, or is it just a no? The, the government, go, uh, like per department, uh, but it it didn't always it didn't always exist for every course, like some. Uh, we had to help put it together. Um, uh, but yeah, you, like you got you got kind of all the, you got all the structuring and you, you knew all the all the things you had to teach. Okay, that, that's like, like, cool. like, kind of like, like they were in place. Because from my point of view, is that if I was a student at that point, is that like, so you get to choose when I get to learn algebra, for example. Yeah. <laughs> so if you tell us in, I like. If I'm 11 year old, I'll be like, all right, we're doing equations nowadays. Like, you could have done that by then. Uh, yeah, it could have been. Like, if, you, if, you, if you teach kids the wrong stuff, then the whole class just turns into like a, a complete shit show. Oh, like, right. if, it's, if it's something that's too far, like, far advanced or too far basic, 
then basically like everyone gets bored and when it, like if that happens then they'll just start like messing about or fighting or like whatever it is yeah i mean we've all been students so we gotta know yeah. just imagine having will as a teacher that'd be that'd be a different story at that point so and um yeah that's pretty cool and i guess like between um between you and the other staff at that point is it uh, were you working with other people who graduated around the same time as you did or were you did you have like a mentor or did you have somebody older yeah so yeah so we had, yeah we had um yeah had, had a couple of a couple of people mentor me like one in the first year one in the uh um uh one in the, one in the second year um yeah paul and linda and yeah they, they, they were yeah they, they were great they you know they like really experienced knew what they were doing um and they, they kind of helped me help me ground in um and there were uh, yeah so there were eight of us that uh, that joined as like fresh graduate teachers um, the year that the year that I started two of them two of them quit in the first few weeks oh, no. and they're just like nope like, not not for me yeah um, but the yeah the rest of us um, yeah the stuck rest of us stuck it out yeah and and thank Actually, God you did yeah. to be honest because. Um, Weirdly, I've gotten the chance to meet some of the Susan students, sorry, that you've taught before, and yeah, you, you have, yeah. Every single one. Of them. <laughs> Who have you met? You've met. Um, the most memorable one, Connor. You met Connor, yeah. So I mean, so memorable, just because like the 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 impact you've had on these students was definitely there. I definitely see like why they they were so impressionable at that point, and yeah. Um. I think that's definitely something that I just want, want to put out there is that like even just seeing the people that you had an impact on like years ago is something that you might not get reminded often but um, I do see that. The only reason why I say that is because I used to be a day camp counselor and yeah. I wish I could go back and see more of my student, well, students, my kids more often. So I guess that's like the kind of feeling that I guess it's enjoyable. Yeah, no, you, um, it, like, like, yeah, like, it, it's, it's nice when you, um, uh, it's, it's nice when you hear from them. You know, like, some of them are doing like really well and some of them um yeah so, so, so something like you do feel like you you kind of really really kind of helped um uh, and, then, and then and then like others that you didn't necessarily so yeah like one kid who i talked who i didn't necessarily see eye to eye with i was um uh yeah just like on on youtube like a like a month or so ago and then like i like i recognized him in the like the the, the video for boast you know the like um like Sean Paul and yeah, yeah. Uh, Idris Elba and yeah. that, like that song. And he's just there, standing there in the video, just like just like bopping his head. Like, how did that happen? Is like William much? Candy. What, are you, like, <laughs> what, what? What are you doing there? That's so uh, did you ever reach out to him, or was it just uh, another mystery in the book that you, you'll have? You'll find uh, out he, he added me on LinkedIn recently. But he, he he was more he was more like my nemesis rather than uh, <laughs> uh, rather than. Um, uh, yeah, bit, bit being one of the the top students. The that's top student. oh, yeah, like he, he had the potential to be, but he was he was always, always my nemesis. Yeah, that's that's actually so funny because I mean, like, um, I mean, not I mean, after that you've moved on from teaching as well. It's still part of your responsibility, I guess, to sort of just be in the know of what they are. As in, like, there's there's nothing forcing you to be keeping up with whatever they're doing, but it's also good to know that like. They're still out there doing stuff, and you, at any point you could relate to them and be like, "Oh, I remember like when you did that." So, I think just um, I, I've never been able to be a teacher, so I guess that's one of the things that I don't really get to experience. But yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I, I remember when he he got punched in the face in one of my lessons. <laughs> oh my god! What happened? At, what happened? We were, we, 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 like we, we were playing a game with um, 
where you, you had like a, like a beanbag, like hacky sack yeah, sort of yeah. thing. And then like you'd kind of throw it to someone who, and then they'd have to like answer a, like a maths question. It was oh, yeah. always a way to like recap the learning at the end. That's a good way to do stuff. Uh, and like he, like he in, instead of just like sort of tossing it to someone, he like threw it as hard as he could at the back of someone else's head. Uh, and that guy was obviously like in a like in a bit of a mood that day, yeah. and so he just he just he just stood up, just like smacked William in the face. Oh, Not man. funny. Yeah, uh, sorry. <laughs> but actually, like a little bit funny because uh, he probably deserved it a bit. Oh, that's um, so good. Uh, yeah. Well, not that, that not that you got hit in the face, but it's so good that you get to just experience these kind of stuff and like. But I mean, and that, 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 that was that was a, like a rare occasion. Like, but, yeah. Yeah. I think um, that'd be like the one. But you also have a lot of great moments that like happen. But I mean, we could definitely dive into a lot of those. I, I definitely wanted to see like meet more of your students at that point. That's the one thing. Like that, I said, like, you met uh, Arid yeah. did an internship. While, while, while you were here, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I think I think I briefly remember at that point. So I mean. I think the whole point is that like from meeting just everybody that you've got to like teach is just another interesting bit of understanding you at that point. And um, I think like even me just being here is like, yeah, definitely I'm learning from you anyway. So you're still teaching at the end of the day. But um, so basically you did um, that for, you said two years. And um, what happened after that then? So you teach for two years and then... So I taught two years and then decided that I yeah, didn't, didn't see myself um, like being a teacher for, for all my career. Uh, and so you know, at, at that point, obviously, then you don't, like, look at look at other things, um, and I think in, like probably like my career decisions on on what I was doing next were were a little bit rushed. But you know, like it's it's difficult to uh, it's difficult to find the time to to find something um, when you're when you're working full time. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I, I had I had an old offer from um, a company called Lek. Uh, who they're, they're like a strategy consultancy, and I thought that you know that's kind of like, it's like, like an interesting job. You get to, especially if you're not really sure what you want to do, you get to work on strategy and you know kind of loads of different industries. So I worked a bit in working on kind of like a healthcare company, um, like a big industrial company, like on a bank. Um, and you so you get kind of like learning like a broad sense about yeah. about business. What what does it actually but, mean to be a strategy consultant? It's probably one I'm more confused with. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I guess you just like you, you help answer like the the big questions for a, for a company. Okay. So you, like, you're, you're not you're not you're not you're not involved in the like the kind of operations or implementation of, of how how they do them, but just like the big the big questions about you know kind of how they how they position themselves, what markets they they go into, which bits of market to attack, like the kind of the big yeah. Not big questions that, that face any company. That's actually really interesting. Just because, um, what's the what's the one that people keep on talking? Is it is it called McKinsey? Yeah, M- M- McKinsey's like the most well known. Okay, McKinsey, because I think that's the one that everybody's like considered them highest or the best in business kind of thing. I don't know if it's true, but I guess that's the only thing I can relate to at this moment. Uh, yeah, so yeah, like, like, like yeah, so I like, work, work for like one of the, one of their competitors. Okay, that's that's quite fascinating. So in terms of I guess a project, if you're working on one company, how does how many people does it usually require to, I guess, tackle the strategy part of it in terms of the consulting? Uh, so thing? I guess yeah, like you'd be you'd be broken into like teams of, I don't know, teams of like seven or eight maybe. It depends on the size, right? Uh, like, the, like the scope of the project. Um, yeah, you'd have like a couple of junior people, a couple, a couple more senior, like a few more senior than that, a manager, and then one of the partners or couple of the partners maybe oh man i mean at the moment i'm absolutely fascinated like the whole time i was there um well i was only there two years so i, I was kind of you know 
inhabited the, like the bottom two rungs of uh, of, uh, of the ladder. Yeah, but I mean, um, that's actually interesting when you're saying like between seven, eight people and then you have different levels of seniority in, in that uh, format. Did everybody have the same like general responsibilities in terms of just being a general strategy consultant or was it everybody has a different aspect? I'm putting it into so, an example. Uh, so everyone was kind of generalist, although like the more senior people would do some stuff and the more junior people would do, you know, like more of the... I mean, like it's more of the grunt work, basically. So, you know, if you, if you really want to understand a market and you've got to conduct 100 interviews with, with, with experts of the market, yeah. then the person is going to spend all day on the phone asking questions and transcribing interviews. That's going to be the person at the, the, okay. uh, at the bottom. And the person, like, reading it and then, like, drawing all the conclusions will be the guy yeah. at the top. Or, like, even just putting stuff into sheets and everything. You'd probably have to, like, crunch a couple of papers. If you, yeah, like, if, if you're at the bottom, you get really good at spreadsheets and really good at building PowerPoint slides, yeah. really good at cold calling. But also you get like direct, I mean, well, yeah, numbers. I, 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 yeah, I, I, I guess, yeah, so you, like, you learn a lot of spreadsheets. But also like you, you get exposure to, to, the, to the more senior stuff, which kind of helps you learn. Yeah, I mean, no matter where you do, even when you're in teaching or even when you're doing this uh, job as well, that you always have exposure to just, I guess, uh, another per- person's experience and then just learning from that and seeing how you could do better. Yeah, or, no, like, like, like all, all that stuff's really, yeah, really helpful. Yeah. Um, did, you, did you find a way, I guess, in that time of making stuff more efficient? Was it like a thought in behind your mind whenever you're doing all these like grunt work, I was saying that you always try to make something more efficient or something that you could uh, automate or... Uh, let me, uh, not, where, not when I was, yeah, not, not when I was there. Um, I guess like I, I would have like written a few scripts to, to automate stuff, but that was, that was like... R- well, I guess like not uncommon for other people like at my level. You know, they're, they're okay, all yeah. they're, they're all like like pretty switched on, and and some of them were technical as well. So you know, they you know if they didn't want to do like a long manual task, then they just write a script that would do it. Yeah, it does make sense because I mean, like I guess nowadays people would be relying a lot more on technology back then compared to. Well, I, th- I think the job's changed a lot since, since I was doing yeah. it. Like like a lot, it's, a, it's a lot more kind of big data, a lot more quantitative. Uh, rather than just well you, you need the soft stuff as well yeah for sure um the thing i'm personally interested in is in terms of software or tools that you use what what was it like was it just mostly just sheets or pen and paper or the actual logistics behind yeah, that i'm 25 years old it was i wasn't just pen and paper <laughs> I, mean, I mean there's nothing wrong I'm, with I'm, pen I'm, and not, paper. I'm not yeah i'm not, not like 85 uh yeah no it was uh but yeah like, like it was yeah, like mainly spreadsheets um we did have the internet back then. Don't don't worry. <laughs> so just making sure. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, like internet research. Um, but I mean, you wouldn't have the luxury of having like shared Google Doc sheets and like shared Google Docs, like actual Word sheets and everything. Or... No, so you, 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 you had, you had none, like none, none of that. So you'd, you'd have a spreadsheet, which you or, or like a PDF, like a PowerPoint that you'd like email around, and it would get to like version 87 underscore final underscore final final <laughs> underscore client version underscore it was yeah yeah was all that in a single folder as well like no subfolders or anything just on a single folder all, where everything is in yeah all, all a bit of a mess that bit oh that's that's actually pretty good because i mean you get to learn what not to do at some point so not only do you learn like other experience but you also learn what not to do um, one thing that I do want to point out is that you are an avid coder. You, you love programming. You love writing code and everything. Um, at what point in this whole story so far did that come in? Uh, well, so I'd, I'd, like, as part of my undergrad, I'd, 
like, I, like I, did, I did, I took lots of the comp- computational courses. Okay. Um, so I, I, I picked up stuff there. I mean, it was, um, it was like C++ and, and like MATLAB and, and stuff like that, rather than being, um, you know, kind of working, like, like building kind of web apps. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I sort of picked, picked that up fairly easily. Um, like won like a national software prize for my undergrad project. Oh, that's which is, sick. Which is pretty, pretty cool. Do you mind diving a bit on what the project was, just in general context, in terms of what was your task, what was the, the objective? And... Uh, it, was, so it, was a, it was a project that modeled how fashions propagate through, uh, like through, through populations. Um, <laughs> so, and I, and I get, took lots of the maths from thermodynamics, because it turns out the maths is really, like, it's like how heat propagates through a solid is really similar to how, when you abstract the maths, like it's very similar to how fashions propagate through populations. Right. So the, the, thing, that, the thing that we modeled was, um, we basically did it on shoes. Okay. Um, so taking, taking different, different groups of people, like what the, the distribution of sh- like shoes would be, uh, and like how, like if, if you looked at a hundred people and 30 people had the most popular sort of shoe, what would the, the, the distribution yeah. be for, for the other sorts of shoes and how, and, how, and how you could kind of start to predict it through kind of like, if you even looked at five people, how could you then predict what the rest would look like? Yeah. Um, and we found, so the, basically the, one of the conclusions is that the, the, the two groups we picked were physicists because it was easy to get hold of them, <laughs> yeah. uh, and models as well, because we wanted something just a bit different. Well, all right. Turns out that, yeah, so basically they, they had, like, like, all of them wore exactly the same shoe. No way. Like, exactly the same shoe, and physicists obviously don't look at each other, and so all wear, all quite yeah, completely random, like, weird shoes. To be fair. Um, but, it, like, it, it, got, um, it got published in a, uh, in an, uh, like, an archaeology journal. Because turns oh, out, yeah. turns out it was really useful for like predicting fashion amongst like ancient pottery based on the based on like findings from excavation digs. If if you do have a link to it, give it to me. I'll link it. That's something that I definitely want to check out because uh, <laughs> I mean it's one of the original work you've done back then. And um, I think how many people was on the team, or was it just you? Uh, there were uh, two of us working on it. Oh, and then in terms of like stack, I guess, how, how did that go? This was the tech stack. bit. No. Uh, it, was, it was MATLAB. It was just all MATLAB. It was, it was, right? just, it was just MATLAB. Yeah. Well, believe it or not, a couple of years later, people are still doing MATLAB in uni. So. I know, yeah. <laughs> as far as I know, like that's something, it's good that you have that kind of skill. So when you're saying like that whole uh, bit of coding experience and really giving, uh, getting yourself into a project that you, I guess you were enjoying at that point, it really mm-hmm. helped learning uh, programming and then all how to manipulate software and all that. Um, so you did that during your um, undergrad at that point. Did it kept yeah. on going uh, throughout all the different roles you've had since then? Or? Uh, so then like, I, like during, so that, uh, you know, once you know how to code, so you... It's like riding a bicycle, is it? Yeah, and, and you learn it to use it in different contexts. So like when I was teaching, uh, I wrote something which uh, which I used to do like, and in fact, like after I left, it got used by like all the teachers um, to, to kind of help with um, with exam preparation. So what what it would do, you'd, you'd basically get everyone to 
to sit um, to sit like a mock GCSE or, or, or A-level, whatever it is, you'd input all their data into this spreadsheet and then hit a button. Uh, and then what it would do, it would pair, it would basically create pairings that you could use on different kind of rounds in like sort of 15 minute sessions within your lesson where it'd take people of similar ability, but where one person had got one question wrong, the other got it right, and then vice versa. And then you could sit them together and the one who got one question right would help the other. And the one who got the other question the other way around would like help that person, and then you'd get and then you'd get up and like move the pairings and so yeah, like, yeah. I, remember, I remember writing that program that was that was quite cool. I mean, not only were you doing this out of interest of like um, just how it works to begin with, but also the, the end result was there. If you yeah, the end result was actually quite quick. It got used um, in my last year. It got used in an Ofsted inspection, not, not not taught by me, but taught by one of my yeah, yeah. colleagues, a guy called Mark, uh, and yeah, got it, like, his lesson got an outstanding. But that was that was because he was quite a good teacher. Not to do the not to do the program. <laughs> that kind of helped a little bit. <laughs> I mean, that's what happens when you toss an engineer in that kind of setting. Yeah, so that was actually really cool in terms of like when you're doing your teaching role and everything. You had loads of time to, um, I guess, write your scripts. Benefit loads of people from writing it. Um, was that kind of similar in terms of the market, uh, the strategy consultant job? Sorry, where you had a bit of freedom to write what you want or. Um, actually, I, I'll tell you what, I think, I think that being a teacher prepares you like a, a lot more for, for starting your own company, like specifically because it gives you so much more freedom than a, a job like strategy consulting. Like strategy consulting, you, you know, you go in and, you know, your, your kind of, your, your boss will give you a, like a set list of uh, like a thing, a thing to do that, that day. Whereas when you're a teacher, you, know, you get given six classes at the beginning of the year and then you're just told like, get these kids some grades. Yeah, that's a really good comparison. Um, and you're just, you, you know, you're, you're more or less kind of left, left to it. Um, like complete freedom. So, I, I mean, yeah, like, I think, yeah, I think teaching's got, you know, more freedom than pretty much any job. And it's, yeah, it's, it's like a great, great way to prepare for starting a company and, yeah, yeah. Having, yeah having, having no boss day today. I think we could definitely talk about that. Because, I mean, like, with that mixture of background, you have the teaching role you had and then you have a strategy, it kind of covers like the aspect of creativity and the technical aspect to it, which is very important. You want to have a balance of both of that. So um, we definitely talk about you co-founded Hirespace in 2011, if I'm not mistaken, with uh, co-founder Ed. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's true. So, yeah, so um, yeah, Ed and I had been, had been friends for, like, for ages before me. We'd known each other since we were, since we were teenagers. Um, not not quite sure exactly how we how we knew each other, but just you know sort of from from various like house parties during you know during being being in sit form, got to know each other, and then yeah, ten years later, we were we were sat in the pub just you know sort of talking after a it was after a a midweek Arsenal Champions League game. Boo! Sorry. Back, back, back when Arsenal were ever in, in the Champions yeah. League. <laughs> And yeah, we, we, yeah, we were just like talking, talking about business idea and uh, yeah, decided to, decided to do it. That is crazy. Still going strong after so many years as well. And obviously, I'm, I'm so glad to be part of the project and just I mean, really... Yeah, do, 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 doing stronger than Arsenal. Yeah, exactly. Oof, oof. Shots fired there. Um, that's actually a really cool thing because when you're talking about like, you can't exactly remember how you met Ed or how you come across people like that. A lot of people nowadays, when we go out to parties and everything, anybody that we meet could be kind of in the same scenario, if you know what I mean. If you click really well with somebody, next thing you know, you're into a venture and you can just build the next big idea out there. So um, now one thing I do notice is that like, how do you ever choose how many founders you want for a project? This is more of a general topic, I guess. Do you ever 
choose? Do you ever think about it? Or uh, I, I know that people put like a, a lot of thought into it, um, and I think it's I think it's really important that you've you've got the right the right mix of skills. You know, like you, you don't want there's no, there's no point having two people who who are exactly the same or can do exactly the same thing. Um, and so yeah, I've, I've got friends who've, who've started companies and they've you know gone on a like a big search for a you know like to find a co-founder and you know it needs to be someone who can who, who can do the stuff that they're they're not as good at. Um, I, th- I, th- I think me and Ed complement each other quite well. I can definitely agree with that. You know, we 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 both got both both got kind of our yeah like d- d- different things that we're um, yeah d- different things that we're good at and uh, yeah I mean that's that's why it's I think worked worked pretty well from the start. Yeah, I think one of the things that I could definitely find as a as a example I guess is a lot of a, I guess the strategies that come out of like a lot of the meetings that um, you can definitely see the aspect of how you approach it and all the analysis behind it as well and like everyone just compliments into that I'm just only putting this up because I do um, I do know people that well I mean more of my circle is more tech people and they're always in a position where if they ever want to found a venture or something they don't know exactly what partner they're looking for so if you're coming from somebody with a software background and you're going into it I guess what for what, what what would you be aiming for if you want to find a co-founder? Because you know, like on Hacker News, you have some posts that be like looking for a co-founder for this. Are there specific qualities of uh, that complements really well for software engineers? I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think well, for, for first of all, if you if you are technical and you've got an idea, like you're you're kind of in the driving seat. There's 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 so many more people who have an idea but then just need to find someone technical to to actually build it. So. I mean, for like, for, for, first of all, you should yeah, sort of count yourself lucky. But then, in, in terms of, um, in terms of like who who would go uh, go well as a, a co-founder, I think you can learn a lot by looking at the intake of the top accelerators. So if you like, you know, like if you look at someone, uh, if you look if you look at someone like Entrepreneur First or something like that, you know that they'll take you know people with like deep tech experience. Uh, and then people with a kind of broad range of commercial experience. So, right. you know, I guess you're 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 kind of looking at so like like strategy consultant, which you know, which I used to do, would be like a really good thing for for co-founders who have done. You know, they've been for you know you know for a couple of years at yeah. or or you know ideally a lot longer at one of the the kind of top strategy consulting firms. Then you know they're they're likely to or to like to minimize the chances that. You're gonna you're gonna spend loads of time building something that then just just doesn't get the like commercial traction. Yeah, the traction exactly. I think that's a really good point because I um I think from just my experience and even just seeing really close people of mine just having the product ready, but then the question after that is like, how do you market it? What is sales at the end of the day? And then you don't really ask yourself these questions when you're building the product. Yeah, it's like it, like it, it, it is really tricky. Like it, it's it's impossible to like, to find a co-founder who's going to be you know. An expert in like, in growth marketing, and you know, yeah, an expert in, like an expert in sales, an expert in, in in branding, and an expert in you know like building HR systems, and an expert in like go to market strategy. You just like you're just not going to find it. So you know, someone who's got that kind of general business experience, and yeah, I think I think strategy is like one of the one of the places that you can find it. Yeah, and obviously, like you could definitely ask those questions to really just define how somebody approaches a problem, which is, I guess, a lot of interviews nowadays, just to see how somebody approaches a problem as opposed to having one specific set of skills. Yeah, at the end of the day, so. but but also, I think what's really important is that it's someone that you get on with and that that you want to work with. You know, if, if you're if you're going to be building a company together, you're going to be spending a lot of time together. Yeah, uh, you're going to be spending more time with them than you know with with your family, with your friends. Like, it, it's it's going to be intense. No, yeah. So, in, like, in, yeah, like it needs to be someone that you click, that you click with, and then yeah, and yeah, and you think that 
isn't going to drive you mad. That's the thing. But you shouldn't be afraid to able to be to be able to disagree with them as well. Because I mean, no, like, no, no, that, that, that's that's really healthy. Yeah, I, if everything goes too smoothly, I think there's something going on. But I mean, it's always yeah. Like, also, yeah, like like if you're, if you're not challenging each other and you know like disagreeing on stuff, then kind of what what's what's the point? Yeah, <laughs> that's a really good thing to think about. Um, one of the things I do notice actually is that uh, one of the great skills you do have is you're able to delegate tasks in between, I guess, your busy schedule, but also getting stuff done and making sure that everything goes smoothly in the best scenario possible. So I think what, what I'm personally interested in is how do you, how do you de- delegate tasks? Because, for example, if I'm a, if I'm a developer, I want to I wanna build my stuff, I want to market it myself, I want to do all that. At what point do you start realizing that you could, these tasks could be shared between people and even finding the first person to help you do that after? Um, I mean, it, it, it happens... A lot of it happens through necessity when you're starting your own company because when you when it starts out, there's there's no one to delegate to, um, and so you end up, I guess, you're like more just kind of having to prioritize. But yeah, you, like when you start, you're working like crazy hours just to because like the stuff that just just has to happen, you know. That's true. Yeah. You know, you know, from like, even doing like you know, like from customer service tickets when you when it when, when it's kind of just when it's just you all the way to you know dealing with investors, it like it all all kind of falls on you. And then I, I think yeah, as as you as you grow you just yeah you realize that i mean i mean yeah like you obviously you, when you've got the resources you, you you can't do everything on your own and so so it's about yeah like building a team where basically everyone in the team can do the things better than you can yeah and that's that's that, that's really important because yeah, like, like all, all the stuff and time space that i do like it, it, it always goes to someone who can do it better than if i if i've done it myself uh, and that's yeah that, that that that's quite important that's the thing it took me really a long time to think about this stuff is that like the word the word is so big is it's kind of weird to look at look at it but the word is so big is that you can't be an expert at every single thing that's you impossible and what makes you a great person that's able to see what who's good at what kind of thing that really just is another responsibility that you have at the end of the day is being able to pinpoint who's good at this who's able to do that and that kind of directly answers the question of how do you delegate stuff is being able to pick up on Somebody's doing this really well, efficiently, saving time on that, and then you can just go, go uh, on with it. So. I think yeah, the, the, the most important thing is having having a good 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 team around you because then you just then, then you then you want to do it, and then stuff yeah, yeah then then stuff works. Yeah, and for the people who um, as in, I'm pretty sure everybody knows that you code already, but you nowadays you still try to find good opportunities, like get in, get your hands dirty in there, and still write a lot of code. Actually, uh, yeah, I mean, like it's it, yeah, it's more uh, it's more, more more like kind of interest, but yeah, I, I, like I, yeah, I, I do I do like you know do, doing the occasional occasional new look. Well, to, to be honest, I mean, I find that the times I do it now is when I'm doing like a I'm doing a non technical task, and I just know that I can do it a hundred times quicker just by writing some code that will do it. Yeah. And I think, um, I think after all the examples you've given, like even just before even co-founding the project, like it does reflect your kind of personality of just making life easier and really just being able to share it after. Because I feel like a lot of the, the methods you've used, I've definitely like got inspired by them. So I'm definitely using some of the stuff you wrote at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. that is actually really cool. Um, another great thing was that uh, this whole project, Hyperspace, is a project that is based in London. And London is an absolute scene for all the tech startups and tech companies I really want to dive into it so yeah. I think um so from my point of view as, a, as somebody who's been living here for a couple of years now is that there's loads of meetups going on and I get to go to them get to talk to all kind of different um different engineers different project managers different founders as well um do you get to do those quite often so nowadays on top of all the uh yeah those- I, I, I I I still I still do them do them do them loads and I, th- I think like it's, it's really 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 important to 
yeah to kind of like to stay in touch and to like to, to kind of meet up with with people who are doing a sim- similar thing to you like you know if, if you've started a company because otherwise you know like it can be it can be quite like an isolated role because you know there's yeah. no one there's no one else in the company doing you know kind of do, doing doing what you're doing and like being able to kind of you know meet up and kind of you know, to, to share experiences uh, like good and bad with other people doing the same thing is kind of really important so yeah like, like i always take take the time to take the time to make that happen yeah i think even from my point of view not as a founder like is exactly what i usually seek out for when i go to these kind of meetups is that you there you could always learn something from anybody you talk to and um i guess was there a major difference from the first time you started going to these meetings to nowadays kind of thing do you have like two different objectives that you kind of well i guess, I guess when evolved, i go or? i guess when i go now it's, it's more just like catching up with with old friends right um whereas before i guess it was you know kind of like meeting new people and um you know kind of like 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 learning from from their experience yeah um but but then still like you know when i've when i've got a problem you know i I know that i've always got people that that i can go to 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 help solve it that's actually a really good point that i do want to mention is that um when when you join a company is that there most of the time you'll have somebody there as a mentor so when you were doing your teacher role there was somebody that i was um being a mentor to you and then when you yeah. started kind of said we were talking about the more senior roles when you co-found a project that's slightly different uh that is different because there's no one but i guess you know when you've when you've got a co-founder you've always got someone that you can bounce stuff off and you know, someone who can give you feedback if you know this there's, there's, there's something that you can can improve on so you, you, you do always have that but you're right when when both of you are starting and both of you have got you know zero experience running a company which is more often than not the case exactly, yeah, yeah. um then yeah like it's just really important to kind of get yourself out there and, and you know try and like, the, the, like there's probably someone you know or a friend of a friend or a friend of a friend of a friend yeah. who's who's doing the same thing so just yeah like trying to yeah uh yeah kind of build build out uh build out that group that's good i think in terms of like a general term if somebody is not as fortunate and more in a position where they're i mean they don't have this out this big of an outreach so what would be i guess a general step to take in that case so i guess one of the examples is go to yeah. meetings you'll you'll be able to find some mentorship but are there any other like ways i guess that you could find somebody who's more expert than you at a field and really just help you with the project at the end or um so i, I mean like like it is really really important it's yeah and you're like you're right that it's you know not not everyone's yeah not, not everyone's lucky, lucky enough to, to have like friend for friend for friend uh, so I think the, so the best best ways to do it, are, are, well, so going to meetups, but also, you know, if if you can, just like basing yourself at a um, like a like a, a co working space, and like, like there's there's like there's places where there's places where you can go just you know just to kind of work for the day, and you, like you just kind of buy coffee where like you'll end up just like you'll end up just meeting people, and like the, the the people that you meet there will will be doing will be doing cool things, and, and will be working on their own projects. So I think that's that's kind of the best way to do it, and to have it have it kind of happen happen organically. You know that like there are there are different kind of you know, like different accelerator programs that you can like apply for, and if you get onto one of those, then like you know that's a that's a whole you know yeah. group, like whole group of new friends that you can um, who are going through the same thing and you can hang out with. But again, like it's it's difficult to get to get onto a lot of them. Yeah, for sure. And I guess there's just more around the question: Has a lot of people come to you directly for like? the logistics bit logistics bit sorry of founding company in terms of like details and like applying for a license has people come to you in terms of like oh how does that work or uh yeah i, I yeah i get get people asking me you know just like tips and t- tips and tricks when they're when they're setting up their own company 
Yeah, because um, I think it's always a scary dive at that point. It's, it's, yes, it is a scary dive. When you kind of wake up the first day and you realize that you don't have a proper job anymore. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a bit of a... Uh, yeah, a bit, bit, bit of a shock to the system. But I'm pretty sure I did mention this at some other point where it's like the, 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 the environment you thrive the most is really just these kind of scenarios where you're able to like assess all the skills that you have and being able to apply to a task and then that task kind of grows and grows and grows and, and as we're saying the responsibility kind of changes then you realize that you're in a position to be able to be like delegate stuff and that kind of like the evolution of how it goes. So I think just another point is that just balance, balancing all of it. So I'm, uh, we mentioned before that on top of everything that you do, Nowadays, you are very active. Um, even coming up, actually, you're going to be participating in a charity boxing match. And the commitment is well over, what, half a year now? Well over... Yeah, but I mean, yeah, training, training, but yeah, six, more than six months now, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, in terms of just general advice for the people out there, how do you balance with all these kind of interests, but also keeping the project well, going? Well, I, like, I, I guess it's, like, it's, not, it's not really like a, it's not a compromise. I mean, if you're... If you're if you're starting starting your own company and you know, trying to do something that's that's quite difficult and you're you're not doing really regular exercise, then I mean, like basically you're you're just going to go mad. Yeah, like pretty much. I mean, like like, do, like doing something active, it's not it's not like you need to balance that against time. You might be you might spend doing other stuff. Like you just, I, I think like you just you, like you like you need to look after yourself. Yeah, I think that's a really good thing that when you said it's not a compromise, like honestly, in my, in my mind, it just clicked. I was like, that is technically true. It's weird that there's a feeling nowadays that everybody is like always concentrated on. You know, you have a job, you got to do that kind of thing. And well, everything uh, yeah, on top like, of that if, if, you know, like, if, yeah, like if, if, you're not, if you're not doing regular reg- exercise, then there's just, there's, I mean, I guess like some people can do it for a short amount of time, but then I think you know, like eventually you end up kind of burning out. You, you know, you, you, you just won't be able to concentrate, you won't have the energy. Yeah. Um, and, when, and when you're saying health and work balance, and there's loads of services out there nowadays that are definitely out there to really address these problems as well. Yeah. That's actually really cool. And then, um, so I did mention the charity boxing. Do you want to just give us a brief overview of what was the context? Like, what are you going to do? And then... Uh... Uh, so I guess context was, I mean, it just, it just got put out in a, like in a WhatsApp group um, of like other founders. You know, Does anyone want to do a charity boxing match? And, you know, a few of us, a few of us signed up. Uh, I think 16 of us to start with. There's now only eight of us left. <laughs> uh, so we've had, we have people, you know, drop out. Well, you uh, actually stopped fighting before the actual day, by the way. <laughs> it, was, it was like it was different. Like, what, like people moved away from London. Like, yeah, yeah. Guy, got, guy got divorced. Couple, one guy got ill. One guy broke his nose. Yeah. I, th- I think, yeah, I think, like, not, yeah, a lot, 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 lot of stuff happened. Um, anyway, there's eight of us now are going to be going to be fighting at York Hall on 15th of November. Um, and yeah, so are some guys going to going to smash my face in. Yeah, but uh, to be fair though, this is all going to a charity for a very very good cause at the end of the day. So, in on top of the entertainment that we're going to get, we do know that it's going to go to a contribution that everybody will be happy with. Yeah, on, on top of yeah, on top yeah, top of see, seeing me get absolutely pasted all over the all over the canvas, oh, you're gonna you're gonna get to yeah get get support um yeah support support really good really really good cause too. That's good because I mean it's always important to see how much involvement you could give back to community. Even I mean even the higher space themselves like just working with different uh, partners, just giving back to the community. Uh, yeah, well I mean yeah we we we, we worked um worked with Beam last uh, over, over the winter um. And that was uh, that was great. Yes, set, set up um, uh, by yeah guy guy called uh, guy called Alex. Who, yeah, who I know. He's um, 
yeah, like sort of like developed a, a platform where you can sort of give directly um, uh, to to homeless people in order to fund uh, employment training, which is you know like it's so it's so nice you know you, you can you kind of see them hit a funding goal and see it you know go towards something that's going to going to change their life. That's a hundred percent true. I got the chance to participate into it, and then you get these regular updates of when people do achieve a certain goal or milestone, you get an update on how they're doing, and it's a contribution that comes from everybody. Um, like it's, me, it's, I tell, tell, like Beam is is yeah such a such a great idea and platform. Yeah, I kind of I, I was yeah I kind of look at it sometimes and think just like you know wow he's he's doing something really meaningful and you know I like obviously love the events industry like it's fantastic but is is it solving homelessness? That that is I mean, a yeah. big big task. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I like it. It's, it's, it's a really, really yeah, cool company. I'm, I'm definitely gonna link the information below, obviously, because it's something that we do want to talk about. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna wrap, wrap things up now. It's been going way too fast, so I guess. Um, I guess the probably the thing most people are interested in is how do you make the jump? How do you make the jump from working full time and then becoming ownership of a project, whether you be sharing it with somebody or even yourself? What, what what's the tipping point? What's the advice you got for people in that position nowadays? Um, I mean, I think yeah. Like for me, it came when we when we managed to sort of raise our first funding. You you, you need to make sure that that you've got something to like something to jump to jump to. Um, and like the the reality is that you know people people just yeah like have to hustle and work really hard. You know we. Ed and I, you know, we'd, we'd like, you'd kind of come home from work and then, you know, work until two in the morning, kind of making, like, making the, the, the kind of the, the origins of higher space work. Uh, so, like, you, like you, you, just, you just need to hustle. And then, you know, once you've, once you've kind of got something that you feel, feel comfortable on, or, you know, like some people are fortunate enough to be able to, like, to not work for a bit. And, you know, if, if that's you, then, then great. But I think, yeah, the, yeah, the important thing is to, yeah, to make sure you've got something that you can actually actually jump to yeah otherwise have, otherwise it gets it gets pretty scary yeah but also even having the heart and the fighting spirit as you mentioned to keep on going that's definitely something that i've seen from you Ahmed, and i really do think that really spilled on me so where can people follow you do you have anything that you want people to check out higherspace.com obviously but I mean, obviously check out higherspace.com uh i'm i'm not personally huge on social uh but uh um if, pe- if people yeah but pe- people can follow me on linkedin it's just William Swannell on LinkedIn. Um, so it'd be, be great for people to follow me on there. Um, always, always publishing great content. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's always great then. Well, Will, the man, the mentor, thank you so much for being on the show. Well, no, th- thanks for having me. It's been, been a pleasure.